From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 28th of November 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we explain the huge protests against lockdowns in China. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll also run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, Jack gives his take on former UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock coming third on I'm a Celebrity. But first, why are the Chinese public protesting against lockdowns? Anti-lockdown protests erupted in China across the weekend after a fire in Urumqi killed 10 people. Locals blamed the disaster on the zero-Covid restrictions, first introduced in early August, which made it harder for residents to leave their apartments and delayed local firefighters. For context, unlike other developed economies, which have vaccinated their way to mass immunity, China is pursuing a zero-Covid policy, which essentially aims to eliminate the virus entirely via hyper-stringent lockdowns. There was even some speculation that the victims were welded into their apartments, a practice not uncommon in China during the lockdowns. Local authorities originally denied this and actually seemed to blame the victims for their, quote, lack of survival know-how at a press conference, but backtracked on Friday afternoon issuing a rare apology and vowing to punish anyone who had deserted their duty. This was too little too late, and on Friday evening, hundreds of residents from Urumqi gathered outside government buildings to demand an end to lockdown. The protests quickly spread to at least 10 other cities in China, including Beijing, Shanghai and Chengdu, where thousands of people took to the streets to demand an end to zero Covid, and in some cases an end to Xi Jinping's rule. While the protests had mostly subsided by Monday morning, in large part thanks to an increased police presence across most major cities, these protests nonetheless represent at least the most explicit challenge to the CCP's authority since 1989. The CCP are now in an unenviable position. Either they can stick with zero Covid and run the risk of further protests, or move towards a more relaxed policy, which would be politically embarrassing and run the risk of overwhelming China's rickety public health system. Only about 60% of elderly Chinese people are fully vaccinated, and China's domestic Sinovac vaccine is less effective than its Western counterparts. So, if the CCP loosen restrictions too quickly, they could see a wave of deaths which would overwhelm China's health system and create yet another political problem for Xi's regime. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So, here's a rundown of three other stories. The Qatar World Cup has received a lot of criticism for Qatar's pretty terrible human rights record. But, as yet, little has hit the front pages about the role of the Taliban in this year's tournament. It's been reported today that a number of senior members of the Taliban who lived in Doha purchased heavy machinery and subsequently loaned it to Qatari construction companies. These Taliban members had up to 10 pieces of equipment, which they were loaning out for up to £10,000 a month. This story comes from an anonymous source from the Taliban's Doha office. This source went on to say that the Taliban invested heavily in the World Cup construction and the tournament was a golden duck. They were paid millions. While the news of the Taliban aiding the construction of the World Cup stadiums will come as a shock, 
The fact that they've been operating in Qatar will not. Back in the early 2010s, senior Taliban officials left Afghanistan for Qatar, as they were welcomed by the country's emir. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. The government of Barbados is considering plans to make Richard Drax, a wealthy Conservative member of the British Parliament, the first individual to pay reparations for his ancestors' role in slavery. From the 17th century onwards, Drax's family played a significant role in the growth and development of sugar and slavery in the Caribbean by establishing and owning plantations in Jamaica and Barbados. Drax Hall was the largest slave plantation in Barbados, and the family received a large sum of compensation after slavery was abolished across the British Empire in 1833. Drax Hall is owned by Richard Drax, who has been a member of the British Parliament since 2010, making it the only former slave plantation in Barbados that is still in the hands of the family of the original slavers. According to The Observer, Drax recently had a private meeting with the Prime Minister of Barbados, Mia Motley, and the Barbados government are considering potential next steps, which could include legal action if no agreement is reached with Drax. Some plans being considered include turning the estate into an Afrocentric museum or using it for social housing. Caribbean countries have long sought reparations from former colonial powers, but this is understood to be the first time a family has been singled out, and it may not be the last, as Barbados's ambassador to the Caribbean community says he thinks ultimately the British royal family will have to answer a reparations claim. Now that Donald Trump has announced that he will be running for the presidency again in 2024, it would be reasonable to assume that he may start by focusing on trying to appear more electable. That doesn't seem to have happened yet, though, with reports that Trump had a dinner with Nick Fuentes, a known white supremacist and anti-Semite. This was despite Mr. Trump's advisers suggesting that he may alienate a section of his base if he went ahead with the meeting. Against the wishes of his advisers, no statement providing distance between the former president and Mr. Fuentes was made. The closest Mr. Trump came to criticising Fuentes was by saying, on his Truth Social account, that he didn't know who Fuentes was. This doesn't appear to have blunted the criticism levelled at Trump, though. The Republican governor of Arkansas accused Mr. Trump of empowering extremists. We'll have to see whether Mr. Trump does eventually decide to distance himself from Mr. Fuentes. And finally today, we have some positive news from the United States to end the main section of today's daily briefing. According to figures from the US Energy Information Administration, renewable energy is on track to produce more energy than coal in the US this year. This has only happened once before in 2020, when energy generation was reduced due to the pandemic. Renewable sources are expected to provide 22% of US electricity generation in 2022, higher than the 20% generated by coal and the 19% generated by nuclear. Renewable energy generation is also expected to grow to 24% in 2023, while natural gas declines from 38% this year to 36% next year. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see myself and Jack rant about Matt Hancock coming third on a reality TV show... From what I've seen, he's got like the personality of like a trifle. You watched him, frogs on heads, testicles in mouths, snakes, bums on him. logs. You've seen all the classics. 
Can we just, let's just stop this now. Then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel. No, did he, he go did. in the shower? He did go in the shower. It was, it was one of the biggest controversies on the first day. Got his nips out, day Got one. Got his nips out, day one, yeah. We've already seen his nips, though, from his, his um, cold we? water swimming. Yeah. When? When he when swam we, in when the When are we Thames. peeping his nips? <laughs>